You're listening to the Chris the Freelancer podcast. Hello and welcome to the Chris the Freelancer podcast. This is the podcast all about location independence, time freedom, and living life on your terms. Each week we interview a new guest on the show, and today I'm sitting down with Craig Wilson the entrepreneur and business coach that decided to move his business completely online and come out to Chiang Mai. In this week's episode, we talk about how Craig got started in business, the expat community in Chiang Mai, growing his business, and more. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy episode 12 with Craig Wilson. For show notes and more, visit ChrisTheFreelancer.com. Hey guys, Chris here with Craig Wilson. He's a marketing and sales mentor and also a friend of mine here in Chiang Mai who I haven't seen for a few weeks. Where have you been? <laughs> I've been utilizing this time, this downtime to actually get stuff done. And obviously, you know yourself, the community here can be quite frantic and hectic occasionally. Um, with some sangsom and <laughs> mango juice flung in there, sometimes yeah. it gets a bit messy. Yeah, so for the listeners who haven't been to Chiang Mai, Samsung, how would you how would you describe Samsung? It's like a cheap rum that comes in a nice box, right? Yeah, I would describe Samsung as the drink you have to drink while you're in Chiang Mai at least once that allows you to experience Chiang Mai as you really should. (laughs) Awesome. So what I like to do in these podcasts, I like to get into people's stories. So you're actually a good friend of um, Graham, who's been on the podcast as well. And you guys came out to Chiang Mai together. And from my conversation with Graham, it seemed that you were the instigator in that whole sort of coming out to Chiang Mai thing. Um, but going back further than that, where did you start of get get started in business? Because you both needed, uh, you know, your business to be at a kind of a location independent level in order to come out here and start, you know, running it um, remotely. Okay, so I I consider me first getting into business whenever I did my paper rounds, whenever I was twelve and thirteen. It wasn't obviously self employed, but. If you respected your customers and clients that you did on the paper round, you usually got tips more often than just Christmas. So I would incentivize myself, be like, right, if I got such an amount of tips in a month, I would then reward myself with a new pair of trainers or something like that, or put it away for savings. So that was my first kind of entrepreneurial um, experience. And I went away, like, barely scraped through school, as most entrepreneurs do, and got into uni by the skin of my teeth, was supposed to get past English, I got a D, so didn't technically pass it, but I just got flung in anyway, and I basically, at uni, was just enjoying myself, as probably everyone listening to this has been doing, and I didn't really get into it academically, but... I went to South Africa for an events experience and that allowed me to see the world and realise that it's a much bigger place than just your local village or town or nearest city. Um, And that is what, combined with some other things, made me go, you know what, nine to five graduate schemes for 40 years are just not for me. Mm, what, What did you say you were doing in South Africa? 
I was doing I was doing events at the World Cup in 2010 for part of my um, part of my degree. So basically, I wanted to go if Scotland qualified. They didn't. I knew I had to get um, experience for my events between second and third year. Asked my lecturer if he knew anyone out there because he had a few books and was quite well known in the events industry. He said he did. He said if I went to class and kept my attendance rate above 80%, he would allow me to go and stay with one of the, his contacts out there and work with them out there for the World Cup. So that obviously made me get my shit in order a bit and go to class and finish my degree and basically get out to South Africa. Okay, what was your degree in? Events and retail marketing management. Okay, and it kind of... I don't know, it sounds surprising that you went to college given what you just said about, you know, school just scraping through. I'm assuming you mean like in terms of grades and kind of being motivated to study. How did that transition into like going to college? Because I didn't want to go and get a a full-time nine-to-five job. Um, Oh, and also, sorry to interrupt, college is different in Scotland than, it, than the meaning is in, say, America or... Well, it's university. Like uni. It's university? Uh, okay. Yeah, it's... Like, there is colleges in Scotland as well, and a few people go to college before they go to uni, but I, I basically went because I worked in retail before I went um, to uni, I worked in TK Maxx, TJ Maxx, to all you Americans out there, and... I enjoyed Teen the Park, which is the Scottish version of Glastonbury. So I was like, right, I'll just go and do retail and events marketing at uni and see what the experience is like. It was kind of the only thing that I thought was a main goal to do. And I just went out there, did it, and like, what an experience. It It was great. Like, I would recommend people do it if they were to move out. I think if I stayed at home and didn't go to uni, I would be a completely different person and I probably wouldn't have lasted the, to get my degree. Okay. So would you say that whole experience was, you kind of opened your eyes to the rest of the world and, and I guess had a bit of a travel bug? Yeah. Uh, you know, being bitten by the travel bug, I guess you could say, after that? Yeah. Yeah, I was always, I was always on my own kind of independent um, but with the travel bug combined, that just kind of gave this kind of cocktail of things that just made me a bit um, bit different to the mainstream, I guess. And so coming home from that yeah. um, and getting started in your career, how did you go about that? Okay, so I saw um, smartphones out in South Africa for the first time. Um, and I was like, this was whenever the first iPhones were out and I was just looking around and all the people in suits were carrying iPhones or smartphones and I was like, right, this is going to kick off. So whenever I initially came back, finished uni, went through Princess Trust, um, which is like a young business grant scheme kind of thing, um, got a grant for that and was doing the the mobile route and did was going down the kind of mobile websites and mobile marketing to start with before actually going down the route of what I'm doing now. So how did you sort of get into that, the marketing thing? Was it, I guess, a continuation of 
uh, of your entrepreneurial streak uh, throughout school and university and that was like you saw an opportunity with phones and just yeah, decided feel, to capitalize on yeah, that growth? I feel that, I feel that with being, mark, being in marketing, you have to have a certain personality. It's just how I feel that programmers have a certain personality, coders have a certain per- personality that's well suited for that job. And I'm quite an outgoing person that enjoys talking to people and meeting new people and general psychology. That's why I enjoy sales as well. And yeah, it was just something that really suited my personality and figuring out why people buy things and how to how to get in front of the target market and how to do that effectively in order to get your to to grow business. Basically. Okay. So, what was the business? Was it it was consulting to people based to, on marketing? To or? start to start with, it was anything and everything. I was creating websites. I was. The setting up social media pages because this was like just at the time that businesses started to grasp Facebook and Twitter and they needed them. Yeah. So I was, yeah, I was just picking up anything and everything, doing offline networking gigs, meeting people for coffees, thinking it was going to be my next million dollar blooming contract that turns into like 10 coffees. You meet them and you're just talking about the same stuff every time and you're yeah. like, stuff this. Stopped doing the offline networking, started getting deeper into the fact that I'm helping my clients get more clients online, so why am I not getting more clients for myself online? Okay, and at what point, so what, what is it you do now then? So basically what I do now is I help business owners, mostly in the fitness industry, but now moving to a more kind of general small business owners grow their business online and get better at sales face-to-face and phone. I'm not a copywriter. I don't say that I am. Yes, I, I do copy for my own business, but it's not, it's not the main um, thing that I do. I just enjoy face-to-face and, and phone sales as well. Okay. And how have you grown that business? Has that been... It, was it, I guess, networking or did you find ways to generate leads online? You, you mentioned that you were doing the offline networking thing and having to buy the 10 coffees. Yeah. Um, so was that like the first thing you tried and then you moved it online and then found ways to generate leads online? And Because uh, as I understand it, you work pretty closely with your clients now and call them up and, yeah. and yeah. talk with them, right? Um, offline networking was the only thing that was really good out of that was I met people like Graham and a few other guys and we met once a month and got pizza and some beers together. Apart from that, offline networking was a waste of time for me personally. I got most of my clients then on from doing blog posts and LinkedIn and utilising Facebook personally and taking it from there and then just more getting into like building email lists, doing webinars, doing trainings, workshops, and then allowing people to then contact you. And that's that's basically where it got to. But now with the with the time zone and with me wanting to be more location independent, I'm realizing that I was too readily available for clients whenever I was back home compared to what I really should have been. Alright, well we can talk about how you kind of manage your business remotely. But um, one theme I'm seeing here is, I mean, the, the path 
your path seems very entrepreneurial. Was there? Did you ever have a job? Or no, no. Straight, straight out of straight out of uni, I went to Princess Trust and got my grant, and I've been basically doing it. I've been doing that on and off ever since, kind of thing, and changing my angle of from first doing everything and anything to now being more kind of to the point that. I want to leverage and grow an audience online that I can help rather than be in the trenches all the time mm-hmm. and more help people on a, a larger scale because you probably know Adrian and whenever I met Adrian out here I was like I want that kind of passive income style like that's that's what I'm aiming for now and it's as everyone knows out there it's always twisting and turning in a roller coaster whatever you start off as you never end up being and throughout this is this uh, throughout your career has it all been self-taught or did you have any courses or mentors that kind of helped you along no it's it's basically all just been self-taught and um, figuring out what worked for clients and then building a system around that and then duplicating it for other clients and then once they had one pillar that was successful, say for example, a Facebook ad was successful, then we would then look into how to utilize that to, to grow your email list or you have the Facebook ad and you're getting the leads in, but then you're not converting at least 50% of them. Then we would obviously look at how I would get my clients to record their sales calls or record their record their in person sales conversations, and let me see how they're emailing and messaging clients or prospects in order for me to then help them get to the point that they're making sales as well as getting over the initial lead crisis, which everyone thinks they're in, but they're not actually. It's more like a sales conversion crisis. And would you say that where your business was at before you left to come here, was it at a state that was already basically location independent? Is it a similar story to Graham, who we heard on the podcast, just basically asked his clients or said to his clients, hey, I'm moving to Thailand. You want to just replace our uh, you know, in-person meetings with Skype calls? Was, was it a similar thing for you? Or Yeah, it was like with, with Graham. With Graham, he was... He, um, he waited and waited and waited. Um, whenever I first met Graham, right up until the time he came out here, about a week before, he was going and physically meeting clients face-to-face for lunch and getting annoyed at himself for not just asking and setting it out straight, right, I want to do Skype calls. But for me, after doing offline networking and realizing that most of the people that went to offline networking themselves were just selling and not actually interested in buying anything because they were purely offline networking because they couldn't afford to create a proper presence online that I was I had clients I've had clients from America, England, Australia, Canada so it's very like I've got a few in Glasgow and I've had a few over the like since the start of the year basically and that's been the first real time that I've had on ongoing local clients as such but I never like I met I met some of them before I came out here for just like a casual lunch but before that I'd never met them in person 
I'd made the sale through the phone, I'd made the contact through either being on my email list, reading my blog, um, or Facebook messaging me after reading something that I've posted and they've then got in contact. That's like, I've not, maybe a Facebook video call or Skype. So that, that was a strategic move to kind of free yourself up, not necessarily, were you thinking location independence down the track or was it just... You didn't want to... I just got sick of meeting people in a coffee shop whenever it took you an hour to... Well, half an hour, an hour to get there. But then before you even left, you would then be like, well, I'm going to a meeting in an hour's time. What's the point of starting something new? So then you'd end up, if you had a couple of meetings in one day, you'd get nothing else done for the rest of the day. (laughs) Yeah. And it was just so frustrating. I was like, this is just not working. And... It, the definition of insanity is to just keep doing the same thing but expect different results and that's what I say to people including Graham that if you want and you are getting frustrated with doing offline meetings then the worst that can happen is they say oh no I can't do online meetings which I've had before um, I've, I've had someone say that no they couldn't do it but to be honest they didn't last very long as a client because they weren't really going to be that easy to work with and stuff having to meet people every week in person whenever there's no need for it. So when did the, I guess, the location independent remote work idea come up and and what was, how long did it take before you made the decision, oh, okay, let's let's come out here? I think I think location independence was in my head from whenever I went to South Africa. I was like, if I can get something on the internet that allows me to work from anywhere online, let's do it. Um, But in order for me to get to that point, it was a a slog to start with because, as some of your listeners will probably know, there's a difference between like goals and setting them and wishful thinking. Yeah. And I was just wishful thinking for a good portion of time. And I was always debating what my next step should be. Should it be go location independent? Should it be go get a nice car? Should it be save for my first house? Should it be, God forbid, have a long-term girlfriend? <laughs> oh, okay. So, so, so the, when did it become a, a thing that you're like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm just going to pack up. Start of this year. Yeah. Start of this year, new year. I was with some mates and they were in the graduate schemes and they were flinging money about and I was still being the kind of entrepreneurial business owner like watching money and not being tight arse or anything but just watching and just taking drinks rather than buying bottles or booths (laughs) and being like I've had enough of this 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 year this year is it if I don't make the change this year then I would have probably been like right let's just go and get a, a job for at least six months or something and then that would allow me more mental space to see what I wanted to do um, but yeah it just got to the point that I was like right give myself till I said originally till um, I think it was the end of April but obviously I came out and I flew out on the 23rd of May I booked my flight at the kind of end of April start of May and yeah that was it and it was it was basically Chiang Mai came to my head mind because I saw YouTube videos like yourself saw Johnny FD's um, blog posts on it um, and then others like Adrian Nick Danforth etc that 
were just in Chiang Mai and it just seemed to be the place that I would meet like-minded people yeah. that has, has it's definitely happened. It's not happened in the way that I originally thought it would, just like how most things don't happen like that, but it still has happened. And yeah, I see myself living this lifestyle for at least the next five to eight years. Wait, what's, uh, what surprised you, if you don't mind me asking? Like, I thought... I thought Pun Space was going to be this place that had all this kind of diary events and like oh, yeah. a kind of a more casual place. But whenever I first went, it wasn't the place that I was originally thinking it was going to be like. Mm. So I went to um, other working spaces, but because Adrian, the first time he was out here, he had obviously been to Pun Space and met most people. So even although I didn't really go to Pun Space and Graham went to Pun Space as well, yeah. I still kind of knew faces and still got to meet people. Um, and you just, why Cal Residence, man? That's, <laughs> that's, that's where it's at. Yeah, that was a real, I don't know if I thought that there was a huge community around Pun Space. I knew that was there a huge community in Chiang Mai and Coming from Bali, I was used to the community centering around the co-working space. Um, so I definitely was of that mindset as well. But yeah, what I've realized is that the community is everywhere in Chiang Mai. It's not just at Pun Space. It's at various cafes. It's on Facebook. It's in Waikau Residence. So it's Sangdi Gallery at 2 o'clock in the Friday and Saturday morning. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I mean, I suggest everyone coming out, like go to a few meetups or, you know, stuff like that to get started. But I don't go to the meetups anymore. And it's really because I don't really need to anymore. And yeah, it it, get- everyone's got different personalities as well. There's some people that just like to have lunch networking and relax and do the whole dinner scene and go to dinner with each other and then there's other people that like to let a bit loose are, there's others that have come out as a couple, there's others that have come out as a group already. Everyone's kind of different um, and different nationalities as well. Just You just have to find who you click with and then you'll generally find that the people that they hang about with, you'll click, up, you'll click with as well because obviously if they hang about with them, then they generally do like them and aren't just getting forced to hang about with them. So it's more than likely you're going to like them as well. From the way you were talking about the searching for answers, I, I, it seems like you you made the decision that you always had this idea that you're going to be location independent. You decided this year was going to be the year and then you searched for the information. Is that correct? A lot of people like that, including myself, that I interview they uh there's this moment where they read an article or they see a video and it kind of opens their eyes to it but it seems like it was brewing for you for a while and then you made the decision to be location independent then looked for the information yeah um it, it was always in my head location independence but just the part of the world where i would start i wasn't quite sure on and that's that's where I would say is one of the main things is make sure that you just you're more specific it's like if you set goals and if you set stuff that you want to do the next day if you just say oh I want to do biz development stuff it's like be specific on the biz development things you want to do 
or who you want to phone or who you want to email. It's the same, like, if you just say, I want to be location independent, location independent could be you move 10 miles away from where you are just now and you live independently of any location. Or you could go to Bloomin' Antarctica if you wanted and you could be location independent, but it wouldn't really work. You'd probably have decent Wi-Fi, but you probably didn't. You think from, uh, you'd think from Antarctica you get good Wi-Fi? Yeah, they'll have satellites and everything. Like, they'll probably have some of the fastest Wi-Fi on the planet. Okay, I'm just waiting for somebody to either verify or deny that. <laughs> go and Google it for me, please, someone. Fill it in the comments below. <laughs> Was there, were there other locations you looked at when you were doing your research? Yeah, like, I'll not be in Chiang Mai forever. Um, I want to go to other places, and Chiang Mai is just a really good starting point because there is this community, and what I realized is the more you build your own presence online, the more negativity you're going to get. Basically, you should see the size of my block list already, and I'm not really that public have not really put that much energy into that side of things but coming out here I've met peers that you can they're all on the same journey with you whereas a lot of the people that I knew back home they didn't know they didn't have a clue what you were talking about so that helped as well and Chiang Mai is the place that I've met most of them so far it's not to say that I'm not going to meet people on the rest of my journey that are of the same mindset as the people I've met here, but it's a great starting point. Now I know maybe 10 to 15 guys that are on a similar journey to me, but not exactly the same. So it's like, it's not boring because you're not in the exact same niche. So you're not talking about the same people all the time or talking about the same difficulties all the time. It's, it's so varied. Um, but you can talk about it over a sangsum and mango juice and it's just like it doesn't it, there doesn't need to be any pressure on it but you're still having constructive conversations um, no matter what time of day it is that then allows you to to basically see where you want to go and if you get negative stuff you can just have a joke about it you don't you don't let it hang up on you and and I want to I want to hit every continent be location independent. I want to, like I've heard Medellin, Medellin, Colombia is supposed to be quite a good place. Um, Eastern Europe. I've been to South Africa already, so I've been to Africa, but I would love to do, I would love to buy a Land Rover and go north to south in, south Af uh, in Africa, the continent of Africa, while doing some work with a Wi-Fi dongle. Like Nice. Okay, so are you motiv you're motivated primarily by travel and seeing new places, or you mentioned a lot about the community. Is that a big motivation for being out here, or something that you discovered since you came out? Yeah, I mean, community and travel mixed together is with with good money flung in. I'm not going to say that I want to be like this person that's just lives off of the land all the time and does that kind of living um, yes I understand people that do do that but I, those three things community good money and travel would make my life complete for the next kind of 10 years if I did that if, if people were like basically before I came out here one of the, the options that I had was buying a BMW F800 and touring around Europe and then seeing where I went with just a Wi-Fi dongle and a tent and a laptop and some clothes on the back
So like a really fancy car, but then living in a tent. No, it's a motorbike. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. I know nothing about vehicles. Yes. <laughs> no, so I was going to get my bike license and do that um, for this summer and then see where that took me because I watched like Ewan McGregor a long way down and long way round and watched other kind of motorbike tour and stuff. And yeah, like, okay, I wouldn't stay in a tent every night. Sometimes I would stay in hostels, hotels, whatever. Like I was going to go to Ibiza and stuff like that as well and have a good time. Um, and I saw people that were cycling around Europe and I was like, stuff that, I'll just take a bike and have more energy to do things while I'm touring. Yeah, you sound like you've got some awesome adventures on the horizon, but I guess one of my questions is, do you feel like restricted with travel having work? Because one of the things that um, Denise, my girlfriend, and I are, d- are dealing with at the moment is like choosing our next destination. And we're just, because we work a lot, you know, it has to be somewhere that's both appropriate for work, affordable, and somewhere interesting that we want to see. I'm a, like, when I hear the, you know, driving from the bottom of Africa to the top, you know, I'm thinking, is that going to be a productive you know, place to be, but maybe this leads quite nicely into wanting to, you know, have more passive income and so that it's not a case of, oh, I have this meeting at this particular time, but I'm like, you know, in between two cities in Africa and, you know, is that... Yeah, I mean, there's there was a mini YouTube series of guys that were basically um, developers and they did like host migration for like big banks and um, corporates and they did South America and I can't remember exactly I think it's like Startup Diaries or something it's called Um, but they did that and they did like there's videos of them having client calls in the middle of like a South American desert um, just with a Wi-Fi dongle just looks great fun but as I'll say again like look at look at Adrian like (laughs) we would be out on nights out and he would get a special kind of ping on his phone and he'd show me his screen that would be like a sale of a course and I was just like I, like, I want I want that because I'm not going to put my adventures on the back burner to then grow and build my business but then I turn around and be like well I was location independent digital nomad whatever you want to call it but I was strapped to my computer just as if I was working a nine-to-five job. Yeah. So yes, I did have a better lifestyle than that, but it's like I want to aim higher. Like I, I don't. I want to get to the point that I've got an audience and I get to go from north to south Africa, getting a sale of a course at least every day at at least a price point of three hundred pounds, and like. <laughs> I'll, I'll help all my clients as much as possible. I'll help all my customers. I'll still have Wi-Fi, but that is my ultimate dream. And that's, I can see it getting closer and closer as I progress just from doing client work to more kind of passive income streams and other kind of forms of making money that helps people. Because I was finding I was, repeating myself with different clients so it's like well if all these kind of clients that I've worked with have these kind of questions then there's thousands of people that will have exactly the same thing so I want to give that information to a wider audience 
without them having to pay the higher price point for one-to-one client work, but still be able to get good results. Yeah. And that would be the ultimate. If I could write a blog post while I'm on top of a Land Rover, while I'm going from North to South Africa and be like, this person bought a product at this time, he's got, or he or she has got this result from it, well done to them, and I, there's a picture of me on top of a Land Rover saying, good job, who's next? Yeah, so it I, I, seems like that's one of the biggest lessons you've learnt from being out here and hanging out with Adrian is, is that there is ways you could uh, leverage your time better. Yeah, like a guy, the, the guy that was on your podcast as well, Sneer, um, he, he obviously had terrible kind of um, problems with his PayPal and eBay um, that he spoke about, but he, again, whenever he first came out, he was getting sales passively. And yes, I, like my, my client work isn't cheap, but it's the fact that I have to sell them on the phone. So there is that kind of, I'm tied to that. And I don't complain because it allows me not to have a nine to five, but yeah. the next natural progression, if you look at most people that are big in this industry or any industry is they've got leverage and scale. And that's, that's what I want to get to. Um, I don't want to get greedy or anything like that. I just want to show people the alternative lifestyle whilst also being someone that they can relate to, which I feel that I didn't really have that m- many people to relate to before I came out here or different aspects of different people. Um, but yeah, I just want to be more available to more people. Okay, well, let's talk about some of the, the projects that you got on the horizon. I saw on your Facebook that you were, you know, some plans about how you're going to, you know, achieve this. Would you like to share what you... Yeah, I mean, my ultimate goal is I want five products on my website or available by the end of this year that are going to be at least a few hundred pounds each. The different topics, my, like one to how to get clients with LinkedIn... How to, how to use your current web presence to get more sales and then grow it. Um, just using strategies that I use with one-to-one clients, but just giving them to a wider audience. How to get better at sales with messages, phones, at phone conversations and in-person conversations. And the other two are up in the air just now about what kind of topic I want to go down those are the three that I'm like that's what my audience wants that's what I'm going to give them and probably email as well how to get your first kind of 500 subscribers um, because that's usually one of the one of the main things that I work with um, my my clients whenever they come on board that's one of the main things I'm like right have you got an email list if you don't let's start getting some emails because once you get to that kind of 500 mark you start to see you start to see sales from your email list and you start to build up a good retargeting list and stuff like that that just then allows you to grow and automate things and ultimately buy more time for yourself, which is basically what everyone wants. Everyone says they want more money, but actually it's freedom and time that more people want over money. Okay, so and when is the due date for these things if people want to... 
Yeah. Well, the, the, the LinkedIn is on pre-sale right now. If you want to get in contact with me about a pre-sale price, I'll, even if it's by the time this, is, this interview's gone live and the product is live, if you want the pre-sale price, kind of, if you want to call private price in quotation marks, then yeah, just give me a message on Facebook or something like that. Just give me, give me a shout. I don't really use email. Um, Facebook message or something. Message me on Instagram if you want. Uh-huh. I'll be ultra modern and and do it that way. And I'll be I'd be happy to to give you it at, at that price. Okay. And would you have any? Uh, just wrapping up here. Would you have any advice uh, for listeners who want to go location independent? I guess from your story, it seems like a lot of this stuff came naturally to you. You had the entrepreneur attitude, personality, um, is there a way to perhaps foster that or is there any advice that you would give to people to you know, get to the stage where they can run their business from anywhere? Sell all your shit, <laughs> like go through your shit and don't hold back, like look at your stuff, look at the stuff that you've bought in the last like two or three months, actually look put it out in front of you on your bed or your sofa or dining room table, whatever, and be like, how much of this have I actually used since I bought it? And then realize if you cut out that amount of spending per month and just saved up and took chances and took risks, you can live this kind of lifestyle. Like, But a lot of people say, oh, I don't want to be minimalist, etc." You don't need to be minimalist. It's just like this kind of opens your eyes to the fact that you're probably spending a vast majority of money every single month on shit that you don't need. And for example, it seems to be that our parents' generations needed more than one set of cutlery, needed more than four mugs, needed five different types of bedding like and and it's this kind of stuff that you just don't need yeah like but if you start getting into the habit of being like oh i'll just go to ikea or whatever or go shopping clothes shopping and still buying stuff that you don't need but just doing it for the sake of you don't know where to go next and you you have to reward yourself in some way i'm not saying don't do that but just open yourself up to other ways, other alternative ways of doing it. Like I used to, I used to go and like climb Munro's whenever I did well. Um, when if I like I had a record week, so I took a day off and went golfing. Like I could have easily gone into town, bought myself some nice lunch, went and got some new clothes, but I didn't. I just went golfing, took my clubs, went out, played a course that I wanted to play for a while and got out in, in, in the world rather than artificial places that are just going to be temporary endorphin rushes and you'll soon just need your next fix and a bigger one at that. Yeah, I think it, this whole coming out and, and working remotely and, and I guess going minimalist or trying to be a bit more minimalist is, can be quite a good thing quite therapeutic for some people especially if you've got a problem with consumerism oh damn right it's therapeutic the first time i went through all my shit and just chucked out bin bags upon bin bags and took some stuff to charity 
um, shops and like gave back to my local community and gave some stuff to my parents to take to a local car boot sale because they enjoyed doing that stuff sometimes. It was just like, this is great. And the traditional thing is whenever you work hard, you, as I said, reward yourself with clothes, but change it, change it up or buy something that's going to be investment. So I knew that I was enjoying golf. So I went and bought a new set of clubs that I knew was going to last me years. That was a couple of hundred pounds, but I, I was going to spend that money anyway. I might as well spend it on something that I'm going to get a real use out of that I can basically use until I'm well into my 40s at least. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much for coming on the on the show, um, Craig. And uh, if you want to catch all of those, uh, you know, Cra- uh, Craig's website and all of those, uh, you know, courses that he talked about, stay uh, tuned in to the rest of the podcast. We'll show you where you can find all of those links Um, and yeah, we'll catch you on the next episode. All right, guys, thanks for listening. If you want to find out more about Craig, as well as everything else we've just talked about in today's episode, you can find all of that information and more in the show notes. Just head to christhefreelancer.com slash podcast slash Craig dash Wilson. That's christhefreelancer.com forward slash podcast forward slash C-R-A- I-G-W-I-L-S-O-N. As always, thanks for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe and we hope to see you in the next episode.